Where are you going? What are you doing over there? Uh, it's warm. What did you find? What is that? I don't know. But it's warm. And it throws light. Probably some kind of meteorite. Here. Warm yourself up. Welcome to Reaction Core, where we react to and analyze Star Wars past and present. That's right, Reaction Core is back from the dead. It is risen. As the Podracer announcer, Fode and Bede, the two-headed Podracer announcer would say. Wow, Daddy. <laughs> Reaction Core is part of Children of the Force, which is a podcast about Star Wars by one adult and his two kids. I'm Al Nawatsky, the adult... I'm Anna, and I'm nine. I'm Liam, and I'm seven. So this is our reaction core for The Honorable Ones, the Rebel episode that we just watched. It was awesome! <laughs> and it was and epic. And epic. And it was so profound, also, and game-changing, that uh, when the episode was done... We all agreed that we needed to record a special episode to discuss it. So we haven't done a Reaction Core episode in quite a long time because, you know, a lot's been happening with news and movies and everything, and uh, we've just had so much to talk about in our in our regular Children of the Force episodes um, that we have not done a Reaction Core since Siege of Lothal back in July. Siege of Lothal? Yeah, the, the like movie that Whoa. started season two, wow. kind of, but then there was a couple months in between Siege so of Lothal why? and the first episode. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's been a while. Wow. Yeah, but let's recap the season so far and see kind of where we're at, just because it's been a while since we've talked just Rebels. So I'm going to just go through, and you guys just stop me if, uh, if you want to talk about anything, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So, season one. Obviously, Siege of Lothal... The Empire cracked down on Lothal. We talked about that one quite a bit in our Reaction Core episode for that show. Uh, the, and then Rex joined the crew of the Rebels. Gregor and Wolf stayed on that planet that they were on, according to Pablo Hidalgo. But maybe they'll join up with the Rebels again at some point? You know, they're out there. So it's kind of good to know. Um, there are now two Inquisitors hunting down Kanan and Ezra. They aren't really friends, those two Inquisitors, but they have the same goal, which is to either kill or turn Kanan and Ezra. Uh, Ezra had an adventure with Hondo. Hondo. Hondo Anaka. Hera flies a B-Wing, which I assume is still part of Phoenix Squadron, though we haven't seen it since that episode. Uh, We learn that Sabine used to be a bounty hunter. The Empire is developing interdictors that can pull ships out of hyperspace. The Inquisitors try to steal Force-sensitive babies, for who knows what reason. I assume to become the Knights of Ren, probably. (laughs) That's kind of a joke, but that'd be kind of cool. Ezra Ezra finds out that his parents heard his message of hope on the radio, back from season one, and and they tried to break out of prison because of that message of hope, Uh, but they died in the process of breaking out. So they were alive... But they are no longer. Leia is helping out Rebels without letting the Empire know that she's helping out Rebels. Uh, 
Sabine is Clan Wren House Vizsla, and the Rebels have Fen Rao, a prominent Mandalorian who is working with the Empire. They have him in custody, so he is a prisoner of theirs. But he also is telling his other Mandalorian people to let the Rebels use the system of Concord Dawn. Uh, by the way, Concord Dawn is where um, Jango Fett is from. And also Reiko Hardeen. Who's Reiko Hardeen again? Remember Reiko Hardeen was the guy who people thought killed Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then Obi-Wan pretended to be him in that Clone Wars arc. Oh yeah, that yeah. was so awesome. <laughs> that was a good arc. I love that arc. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're both from Concord Dawn. Anyway, we learn that Lasats have some connection with the Force, which they call Ashla. The Rebels help a couple of Zeb's people find the mythical planet of Lyrasan, the origin point of the Lasats, and a place where many Lasats still live. Possible allies in the future? They could go to Maybe. that planet and say, would you like to help us fight the Empire that, you know, destroyed a whole planet worth of your people? Ezra rides space squid whales and makes a deep connection. Space whales. But they're squid whales. They have tentacles in the back. I'm calling them whales. Fine, space whales. And he makes a deep connection with these animals who can travel via hyperspace. Without, so, like, so a hyperspace engine. We saw, like, the back of the, them, and it was, like, blue, and then mm-hmm. blue lines. It kind of looked like a hollow, like, a hollow, um, what's it called again? A hologram? Like, a hologram mm. with the blue lines. It was, like, blue lines coming from their body yep. down to the tip of their, um tentacles yeah and it kept going and then after like about five times they just went and died for space and we didn't see them yeah it was really cool crazy Hera's dad cham is still fighting the local fight on ryloth but he comes around to understand why his daughter is fighting the galactic fight against the empire and that leads us to the honorable ones and let's just jump right into the episode we see Geonosis from space. Geonosis, yeah, yeah. They they said they did it. Um, there wasn't any life forms on it, and I think that's true. Right. It is true. That it they know that from the... any life forms on it. Yes, and it is true because we've read the Vader comics. Liam and I did. You haven't read those yeah, yet. Yeah, I know. Except that Dad, Daddy told me. Except mm, uh... maybe there's someone like hiding on there or something. Well, I'll, I'm gonna get to that in a second. Okay? Yeah. All right. Um, Because, yes, I think they should have read at least one life form. But we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, So then we see a lot of debris and construction modules in orbit around the planet. And those construction modules, those cool dome things with, like, the little Uh kind of rings around the bottom, those really resemble the uh, concept art that Ralph McQuarrie did for Return of the Jedi. Um, of like multiple Death Stars being constructed, they kind of look they look a lot like that, which is really cool. Uh, I'm going to put a photo of those side by side uh, on the on the website, childrenoftheforce.com. Yeah, actually, I'll just show you guys right now. So uh, this is the Ralph McQuarrie concept art for Death Stars being constructed for Return of the Jedi, and here you see the construction modules look very similar yeah very Very similar similar. yeah so that's pretty cool i like that the nods to ralph mccory are very very cool so we know that the empire was building the first death star in the orbit of geonosis but of course the rebels do not know that yet 
So they land on one of these construction modules because they want to get into the computers there and see if they can figure out like what the Empire was up to, what it was building. But it's a trap, right? Callus uh-huh. and a bunch of stormtroopers are there, which makes me wonder, how the heck did the Empire know that the Rebels were coming there? Hmm. The first line of the episode, Ezra says, Rebel intelligence was right. The Empire was building something above Geonosis. So, rebel intelligence, right? Some, there was some sort of message that, you know, the Empire was building something above Geonosis. Does this mean that someone in their rebellion is, like, playing both sides? And they said, yes, go to, go to Geonosis to check this out. And then did they, like, get off the phone and then call the Empire and say, hey, by the way, the rebels are coming. If you want to catch them, you could be there waiting for them. How else could the Empire know? We gotta, you gotta ask that question. Could it possibly be Hondo? <laughs> no, it could always be Hondo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's he's, not like our, my slippery. best guess. That's yeah. my best guess, Hondo. I don't know. Maybe. What do you think, Liam? How do you think the Empire could know that they were coming? Anna. Anna? You think Anna told the Empire? Yeah. Yeah? No! <laughs> Same thing that I said? Yes. Oh, you... Hondo. I don't know. I mean, I think Hondo likes the Rebels. I don't think he would... I guess if he got paid the right amount, maybe he would let them know. I feel like there might be something more to it. Like, the way that Fulcrum last season was this, you know, this character who was giving them intelligence and, and sending them on these missions and stuff. I feel like there might be some sort of person in the Rebellion that's that's not quite on the level. But... And, and later in the episode, we hear Callus, Agent Callus from the Empire, say, Every day we recruit more informers, right? Every day the Empire gets more people in the Rebellion to inform the Empire about what the Rebellion is doing. I don't think it's coincidence that he says that in the same episode here. As when they sprang a trap. So, I don't know... Alright, so there's this big fight on the construction module. Zeb gets separated from the crew and jumps into an escape pod. Unfortunately, Callus jumps into the same escape pod. <laughs> so the rebels win the fight, and they go searching for Zeb on Geonosis. They have no idea that Callus is in the escape pod with him, right? They don't know. They just assume they'll go down to Geonosis, and they'll find one life form. That'll be Zeb, and then they'll leave. I like the the Star Wars slang. I'm always interested in like names that like Carabast and uh, you know uh, in the in the EU there was Criffin and um, Stang was like Dang, but it was Stang, and Criffin was like stinking. Like get off my my Criffin ship, right? Um, so so Ezra uses Slimo, right? He says to Chopper. Chopper says something about not getting Zeb, and then. Ezra's like, yes, we want him back. Don't be a Sleemo. Find him, he says. Which is really funny. I just love that that word. And that's something that we heard in The Phantom Menace. We heard Anakin say Sleemo to Sebulba. He called Sebulba a Sleemo. And Slime uh Slimeball. That's right, Liam. That's right. Anakin says, Troscruni Dopat Sleemo, which means don't count on it, Slimeball. And later on in the pod race, Sebulba calls one of the racers a Slimo, which I can only assume is the Malastarian pronunciation for Slimo. Remember, that's just how Doug's from Malastar, maybe, pronounce Slimo. Probably. Slimo. I don't Slimo. think the Huts would want to say that, because that's what they are. 
They're slime balls. Oh, burn. What? But they actually are literally slime balls. They're literally slime. They're slime balls. They're slime balls. Balls made out of slime. Sure. Well, they're like like weird shaped okay. balls that well, have slime because, all over them. Yes. They're beautiful in their own way. Okay, lay off. Daddy, they're not what? beautiful. Well, they're probably beautiful to other huts. Try to think beyond your own self. Okay, well, I guess, <laughs> I guess the baby's kind of cute. Yeah. Little Rada. Rada. Wow, this is a tangent. This is a tangent. This is an Anna, Liam, and Al sized tangent. All right. But interesting that the bio signs on the planet Geonosis are negative. That means that they are scanning zero life on Geonosis. But we know, again, from the Vader comic, that at least one Geonosian queen still survives. She's on the planet in that Vader comic, which takes place after A New Hope, probably five years after this Rebel episode. She's on the planet. Why didn't she show up on the scanner? Is she so deep inside the planet, maybe, that they couldn't find her I life sign? Remember, I thought Vader killed one. Well, in that Vader comic, we actually don't see him kill her. Um, but he does destroy all of her weird, freaky, droid children. <laughs> remember that? Actually, he doesn't destroy them. He takes them, right? Because he wants his own droid army. He actually steals those droids, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she should be on the planet. She should have showed up, I think, on the scanner. Maybe she's just so deep down in a, in a cave that, you know, she doesn't show up. I don't know. Anyway, Zeb and Callus are not on Geonosis because they crashed into one of its moons instead. And Callus breaks his leg in the crash. Zeb sort of takes care of him at first, doesn't he, right? He pulls him out of the, the pod... When the when the power goes out on their heater, he finds that glowing meteor that gives off heat. Mm-hmm. Right? And what does he do with the meteor? He gives it to Callus to keep yeah. him warm. Yeah. Which is like, that's pretty soon for him to do that. But he just, he does it because, I don't know. Uh, on the episode guide on StarWars.com, they have a, a Kevin Kiner music cue that you can listen to. They Who's do this Kevin for each Kiner? Kevin Kiner, the composer of the music for the for Rebels. And he, and he composed the music for the Clone Wars also. And the, the name of the music that you can listen to is called Friendship Rock. Which is a kind of a nice way of looking at that meteorite. It's a friendship rock. It's what it becomes. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. This, that, I think. Zeb throwing that rock to Callus and saying, warm up. Hey, that was a pretty good Zeb. Warm up. Yeah, yeah not really. I don't know. It's okay. That's kind of the first gesture of goodwill. You know, like, uh, of not really friendship, but of at least caring that he doesn't die. Uh, if you don't count just not killing him as goodwill, which I suppose I don't. <laughs> uh, did it surprise you guys to see Callus and Zeb just kind of sitting around talking? No, not really. It didn't surprise you. Kind of, a little bit, but not really. Yeah. I mean, they I mean, had no, some bad fights, but it always seemed like they weren't, like, complete. I mean, in the second one, it seemed like they were complete enemies. You mean the when... second episode of Rebels? 
Yeah, the second. Oh, when they fought. Yeah. On Lothal. But then when they actually crashed, when he, right when he took him out of the pod, I was like, he's being nice to him. Mm, yeah. Um. Well, he well, Callus is usually the person who starts the fight. Mm-hmm. And he broke his leg, so he's not gonna start a fight. True. He's not going to start a fight with him because he's going to lose. He has a broken leg. And I think Zeb, sure, and Zeb knows that Callus would lose too, right? And and Zeb also said that he wants him to heal so that they can have like a an actual fight. Like they can finish the fight honorably instead of him just killing a helpless person. And that's not who Zeb is, you know? And we kind of think that that probably is who Callus is. But we find out later in the episode, that's not who Callus is either. They're both warriors with honor, right? They're the honorable ones. But we're getting ahead of ourselves again. <laughs> uh, well, for, Did you like the fact that Zevin and Callus kind of had the, this, yeah, this time it. to I talk and stuff? Did you like it, Liam? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and of course, there, there has to be a monster, right? So the beast comes. Uh, and according to StarWars.com, these beasts are called Bonzami which is a play on the word Zamboni. Do you kids remember what a Zamboni is? No, but I think it's some type of slang word, too. Do you know? Do you remember what a Zamboni is, Liam? No. <gasps> oh, we're bad Minnesotans. We are? We are bad Minnesotans, you guys. A Zamboni? It's the machine that, that, that makes the ice smooth on an ice rink. The Zamboni, you remember? Remember we went to the hockey game, your cousin... Oh, Played yeah. hockey, and there's the machine yeah. that makes the... It's the Zamboni. <laughs> oh, man. We got to go to more hockey games, I guess. I'm not a huge hockey fan. That's probably why we, <laughs> we don't. But So Callus has many opportunities to kill Zeb, but he doesn't take those opportunities. Why not? Why doesn't Callus, this Imperial who's, you know, supposed to be against the Rebels, why doesn't he kill Zeb? Anna. I think he is thankful to Zeb because Zeb helped him. He mm. helped him out, and then he gave him, like, the meteorite. Mm, sure. The, with the warmth. Okay, okay. It uh, um, kind of looked like um, he was going to shoot Zeb in the face. It did. Then moved his gun a little mm -hmm. and shot the creature in the face. Yeah, yeah, he was thinking about it, wasn't he? Yeah. That 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 scene reminded me of the Lion King with Scar and Mufasa. But uh Yeah, and also um also he had two chances. That oh, yeah. chance was one and also he was like he was just lying down and he saw the creature mm. and Zeb. And he and he just pointed at Zeb, then pointed at the creature, then pointed at Zeb, <laughs> yep. then pointed at the creature yep. and shot him. The creature. Right. Yeah. Right. Um I mean, we know why Zeb doesn't fight, or at least why Zeb says he's not just killing Callus because he wants a fair fight. That might be the same thing with Callus, at first. But the more they get to know each other, the more they hang out, the more they realize, like, this person is not who I thought they were. You know? Because, because we see the, the story that Callus tells Zeb about this Lasat mercenary who was fighting with Saw Gerrera from Onderon. We just watched the Onderon arc not that long ago, uh, which is pretty cool. He says he was going to bring, he went with the Empire to bring peace to Onderon. Peace and order is what the Empire was going to bring to Onderon, which of course we know is a lie, but it's not Callus's fault that he believed that. He was told that lie. Anna, is any of this sounding familiar to you? Lost Stars? 
right? I mean, we see this in Lost Stars, too. Yes, we we see Imperials. Cena thinks that right. they're doing the right thing. The so honorable she, thing. Yeah, the honorable <laughs> thing. But she, she doesn't have any idea what the Empire can really be. Yeah. Yeah, so, so here we have another person who wants to be honorable, which, in the case of the, you know, exterminated Geonosians, he didn't ask questions. He doesn't want to know. Because he doesn't want his faith in the Empire shaken, even though really it already is. He just hasn't admitted it to himself yet, right? Uh, so Zeb says something about his friends finding him unless the Empire gets there first. And Callus, this is after they escape the cave, and Callus kind of looks down like, oh, I hope that doesn't happen. And then he tells Zeb the story. He basically apologizes for what happened on Lasan. Says it wasn't supposed to be like that. And that he was just following orders and he took responsibility for it back in season one, right? When he says, I gave the order, right? Mm-hmm. But he said he he was lying. That it actually wasn't him. And he was just following orders of the Empire that wanted to that. make an example. Yeah. He said, I, I, took it, I took credit for it in the past. But it was not my my choice to do this thing. Mm -hmm. So he basically apologized for what happened. He didn't say I'm sorry, but... So they're both honorable warriors, but they're also dishonorable in this episode. How are they dishonorable? Well, Zab is befriending Callus, and Callus is befriending Zab, and so they're, they're friends that they've had for a really long time. They're, like... Because they're mean well you get the idea so so zeb is sort of being dishonorable to the, the rebels, rebels by not honorable to callus right and callus <laughs> is being dishonorable to the empire by being honorable to zeb yeah, yes and zeb is also being um dishonorable to the rebels because he didn't take callus prisoner right right yeah, so that's really interesting. And at the end, we see Callus limping along back at the Star Destroyer. And he greets Admiral Constantine. He says, Admiral Constantine, and then Admiral Constantine just doesn't even look at him and just says, Agent Callus, and walks away. Doesn't say, glad to have you back, right? Doesn't say, oh, that must have been tough for you. Now contrast this with when the Ghost crew picked up Zeb, they were super happy to see him. So glad we found you. And Callus heard that, right? So you got to see how the other side lives, right? How it, how it feels to have people who care about you. And not just a, a military that doesn't care, right? The Empire being cold to him upon his return. On the StarWars.com page for this episode, it said that originally in the script, Callus was picked up by an independent traitor. So, like, just some merchant or something. And uh, and that the Empire had stopped looking for him. The Empire stopped looking for him because they used up the amount of time that they are allowed to look for a lost soldier. The Empire has a certain amount of time to look for a lost soldier. Once that time is up, they are not allowed to look for a lost soldier anymore. That's the Imperial rules, and you have to follow the rules in the Empire. That's right? just crazy. <laughs> but that's that's how the Empire works, right? So he was picked up by some random person who ended up probably bringing him to the Star Destroyer because he paid him money or something, right? So I think that the Admiral treats him rudely because the Empire doesn't like weakness, right? And here's Callus limping, and he was lost, and, you know, he had to be found. He couldn't save himself. And they don't help each other, the Empire, right? 
And Callus kind of, I think he knew that, but now he knows it on a personal level. He feels like, now he knows what it feels like to be the person who's not helped by the Empire. Who's left behind. Who the Empire doesn't care about, right? He's the weak one. And what's he going to do about it? Now he knows how the rebels feel. He feels... I think he he's feels... going to join the rebels. I mean, I guess he might be Icena, though. Even though she has, uh, even though she has rebel friends, she still thinks the empire's doing the right thing, so she stays. Right. That might be how he feels too. Well, do I have a treat for you? The very second episode that we ever recorded. Mm-hmm. Okay, we recorded episode zero, mm-hmm. and then the second episode we recorded was Reaction Core. A what was it? A call to action. This was the episode where Ezra puts out his call on the radio. This is what Tarkin's in this one. Tarkin orders the Inquisitor to behead Oresco and Grint. Remember? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's listen to our Reaction Core episode. A little bit of that right now. What do you think Callus thought of the Inquisitor killing Oresco and Grint? Did you see his face? His and minister to his face when the Inquisitor... No, When they you? realized that the Inquisitor was going to kill Oresco and Grint? Yes, I did. They, How were... Did... they were shocked, weren't they? They could not believe what was happening in front of them. How do you think Callus felt about it? Do you think he wanted the Inquisitor to do that? No. Do you no. think he was maybe a little mad that it happened? Kind of. Maybe. Maybe. Do you think... That Callus could ever leave the Empire because he doesn't agree with how the Empire works and, like, join the Rebels? What? I'm just... I have no idea, but wouldn't it be neat? Wouldn't it be kind of interesting? Amazing! I I think he would mostly work... I think he would mostly work for the Emperor, but he might change the Rebel side. Hmm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like he doesn't really like the Inquisitor all that much. Because he's like, in the last episode, remember, he said something about the Inquisitor searching for the, the Jedi. But, you know, if we catch my rebels, then we'll we'll have his Jedi. Remember he said that? So maybe, I don't know, maybe he just doesn't agree with everything the Empire does. Maybe he doesn't I like... I think Callus likes his job, but he doesn't really like the Inquisitor. Oh, Maybe Callus doesn't like the the Sith kind of aspect of the Empire, you know? Maybe he likes the idea of the Empire, but he doesn't like that it's it, the Empire is controlled by Sith and people who use the Force. Maybe, you know, maybe he thinks that, that it should just be uh, an Empire of regular people instead of being, you know, controlled by Sith. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think about that? That was crazy. I can't believe those things we... Righty pants. Righty pants? I can't (laughs) believe those things that we thought about. Because I think they're going to be either, like, almost... We almost know for sure that they're going to be true... Or we almost know for sure that, no, no, that is not going to happen. 
<laughs> so it's crazy about those things that we had theories about. Yeah. Yeah, and uh and I think my theory about like him not liking the Sith isn't necessarily exactly right, but the reason that the empire operates the way it does, the whole the strong survive, the weak automatically, you kill them, it doesn't matter. You know, if they're weaker and they die and they can't save themselves, then they don't deserve to live. That's kind of the Sith way, right? So that's the part of the Empire that Callus really doesn't like. Maybe he doesn't think to himself, I don't like the Sith. But it's that Sith that Sith philosophy that permeates the Empire, that that poisons the Empire, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that he really has an issue with. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I kind of think it's fun to... Toot my own horn. <laughs> I think it's kind of fun to go back and see what theories we had and whether or not... You know, we're right. Of course, I could go back and pick any number of incorrect theories, but that doesn't make me sound as good. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so, so Callus keeps that meteorite, the friendship rock, right? Uh-huh. What do you think that means? Why does he keep it? Anna? To remember all of the, uh, the gray adventures they had. Do you think, and, and that's, that's, isn't it weird that he wants to remember? He wants to remember that. That's huge. That's awesome. That he so wants he, to like, remember. He befriended Zeb and they're friends. He wa- I know. He <laughs> wants to remember his time with Zeb. And like in the second, um, the very second episode of Rebels in the first season, they were fighting to the death. Yeah. And now they're like befriending each other. It's like crazy. Mm-hmm. One, one little problem I had with the episode. Why didn't they just throw that transponder up top right away? The little beacon, you know? Why didn't this... We, you know, Zeb threw it up there right before they climbed up and then the, you know, with with Callus on his back. I just think they should have thrown it up right away. It didn't really make sense that they didn't. Maybe they didn't want to damage it, but they did it anyway, so. Uh, and they should have just crammed in the escape pod and closed the door, right? And used their body heat to warm up that little space of the escape pod. You gotta use your body heat smartly when you're in a cold area like that? Well, he... Callus couldn't move around in there very well because it was, like, mm. crashed and I think it was stuck in the snow. I mean, Zeb could have yeah. easily picked it up, but Callus oh, would have been a little the, stuck yeah, in there. I don't know if Zeb could have picked it up. I guess maybe he could have if he really had to. He's pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. But maybe the, uh... Maybe the Zambonis would have pried it open and tried to eat them. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna call them Zambonis because I can't... The Bone Zammies? I can't remember what they're called. Bone Zammy. Bone Zammy. Dad would just shoot him in the face with his staff. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. So, uh, how do you think this, this episode is going to affect things going forward? What happens when when they meet next? You know, what happens when Callus is there on one side of the battlefield and Zeb is on the other side and their eyes meet? Awkward. Yeah, that would be very awkward. Yeah. They would, and then they would be like, they would walk into the middle of the battle, and then they would be like, nope, nope, stay here, stay here, and then they would just walk <laughs> well, into they, the middle, and they would be like, hi, little buddy, <laughs> hey, I kept the rock you gave me. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> yeah. That would be so funny. What do you think the crew of the ghost will say or do if they find out that Zeb let Callus go? think they would i think they would say that was the right thing to do like oh really i think they would say zeb if you felt like you should do that then that was the right thing to do interesting how about you liam 
I think Anna's right. Yeah. Um, I have something else to say, too. Sure. So, like, because that's the Jedi way. Do what your heart tells you to. And that was what yeah. his gut tell, told him to do. Actually, the Jedi way is not to let your feelings get in the way. To, to do what's I know, right. But, uh, 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 there's another way, which <laughs> is do what your heart tells you to yes, do. Follow true. your heart. That, that is, that is kind of true. Um, that's kind of the rogue Jedi way. But yeah, you're right. Um, and Kanan is kind of a rogue Jedi. He is. He's the cowboy Jedi. That's how they. That's how they talked about him before Rebels ever came on the air. Um, cowboy Jedi. And and of course we know what the Empire would do to Callus if they found out Callus let a rebel live. They would escape. Him. Maybe right, or at least kick him out of the Empire. Probably put him in prison. Right. Yeah. So, it's a shared secret that Zeb and Callus share. Could Callus and Zeb end up leaving the Empire and the Rebellion and go off having, like, buddy adventures on their own? I don't think so. Yeah? It could It could be like a like a little spin-off TV show. He's a neat freak who's a stickler for the rules, and he's a shedding Lassat who likes to put his feet up. Together, they're Imp and the Lassat coming this fall to ABC Family. You're creepy. <laughs> It's Did you imp, actually write that down? It's the shush. It's the imp and the lasat. It's imp and the lasat. One's an ex-imperial. One's a shedding lasat. Yeah, you actually did. You actually <laughs> shush, wrote it down. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Don't say that. <laughs> They're not supposed to know that I'm writing things down. It 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 it, uh, it ruins the mystique of uh, <laughs> well, podcasting. Well, everyone writes stuff. Yeah, that's that's true. All right. <laughs> well, so there's another episode. Are you gonna keep that in there? I might just keep it in. I don't care. <laughs> all right. So the next episode is called, and all I know about it is the name. I I've not watched anything. I don't know anything about it. Shroud of Darkness. There's only five episodes left. <laughs> I think there are going to be five very important episodes. I think we're going to learn some more about Sabine. Maybe. I think they're going, to, they're going to probably start doing some Ahsoka Inquisitor stuff. Vader. Right? Yeah. Yeah. A Vader and Ahsoka. Oh, um, uh, hmm. I have one three theory. That yeah. I don't want to say it. Oh, you don't want to say it? Major gonna cut off his choke head. Oh. <laughs> oh, Anna. Why do you need to be? Okay, here. Here. I think Vader's gonna kill Ahsoka. Oh, okay. But maybe not hang her from a ch- chain, get his lightsaber, and cut her head off. Oh, God. <laughs> what? Oh, don't. Come on. That's just. Okay. Oh, hanging her from a chain. That just makes it. That's like. You just had to make it worse. (laughs) What? It's dark. It's dark, kid. Well, thank you for listening to Children of the Forces Reaction Core. And by the way, before we go, um, there is this award thing going on online now at StarWarsPodcastAwards.com. And they have a bunch of different categories. And uh, you can vote on a new category each day. You should go there and just go to all the different categories. And just, if you listen to Star Wars Podcasts, vote for your favorite. Uh, we were nominated for one category, uh, which is really cool, uh, that can be voted on right now. 
and it's the best ensemble cast. And I think we're the only ones in that category who have kids as hosts. So that's a pretty cool ensemble. Anyway, if you like the show, go vote for us. Um, you know, do it for the children. Yeah! Well, well, yeah! Won't somebody think of the children? Huh? <laughs> Nothing. So that's StarWarsPodcastAwards.com. Um, and like I said, a new category opens every day. So just check check back every day, vote for a new category. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great Star Wars podcasts out there. And um, I just, you know, I like recognizing all of them. And if we could be recognized, the kids are trying to hold in giggle fits right now. So we'll just let it go. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Just keep laughing. I don't care. We're just going to go. We're going to work through it. If you'd like to reach out to us online, you can contact us via Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. At Force Children. On Facebook, we are. <laughs> Sorry, over. You just do the whole thing. If you'd like to reach out to us online, you can t- contact us via. Twitter, we're at Forest Children. On Facebook, we are Children of the Forest. Our email is forestchildren at gmail.com. Our website is www.childrenoftheforest.com. While you're on our website, click on the link on the left-hand side of the page that says Send Children of the Forest a Voicemail and take you to a SpeakPipe page where you can leave us a voicemail from the comfort of your computer. As Emperor Palpatine would say, Do it! And finally, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere else you listen to us. Doing so will make it easier for more people to find us. And leave us a good review or else FN2199 and Kylo Ren will call you a traitor. All right, for Children of the Force, I'm Al. I'm Anna. I'm Leah. And... May the Force be with you!